Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I'm so glad you are joining me today, and I'm looking forward to introducing a new three-part series. And the series, as you've probably noticed already, is called Fat to Fit. Don't bother being offended with the word fat. Like, that's a choice. If you want to be, I don't see how it would serve you. But what I want to do on this series is talk about the factors of making this transition to a place where you're not super excited about your health, your physique, your body composition, to a place where you are moving down the spectrum towards your goals. And the three parts we're going to cover in this series are going to be nutrition, mindset, and fitness. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the nutrition side of things, and then we'll talk about mindset uh, in the next episode, and then fitness, and then If we need to, and I'm happy to, we will do a fourth and final part of the series that is all about your questions. Now, when it comes to nutrition and making changes to what you eat or how much you eat or when you eat to move along this spectrum from where you are now to where you want to be, I want to be clear that it is a gradual evolution, right? It has evolved for me throughout my weight loss from where I started to where I am now. It wasn't just a 180 and I'm exactly where I was when I first started. Not at all. It is a gradual evolution. It continues to evolve for me and it certainly evolves from for my clients. You know, how I decided to eat in, let's call it, phase one of my weight loss isn't how I eat now and nor should it be because I wasn't ready to do then what I'm doing now and it would have represented too great of a change for me, too much for me to sustain at the time. So like I said, then we'll talk about the mindset and perspective changes that accelerate fat loss, and then we will do the same for fitness. Now, if you have questions as we go through this, please message me on the Primal Potential Facebook page, or you can message me on Instagram. I'm at Elizabeth Benton there, or you can email me directly because I want to make sure that if there are things that you're still not sure about, or maybe I didn't go into as much, or I confused you somewhere, guys, this is your show. So I want to address your questions and challenges. There are a couple of different camps of people, sort of perspectives or positions along this journey, and I want to make sure that I reach all of you today. Chances are you find yourself in one of the following categories or classifications. The first one being you know what you need to do, but you aren't doing it, right? You know how to clean up your food choices, but you aren't making it happen, and I'm going to help with the strategies there today to move you from no action to some action, more action. 
The second camp would be you have absolutely no idea where to start. You're totally confused about what is healthy, what is fat loss friendly, what is not. There's so much conflicting information and you're frustrated. You don't know which way is up. We're going to clear that up today. And then the third camp is you've got a pretty good handle on what to eat for fat loss and you're pretty consistent, but you're a little irritated or frustrated that your body isn't responding quite the way you think it should. So I want to help with that as well. So obviously we have a lot to do today. Now, if you are in the, I have no idea where to start camp, or for those of you that just want some like awesome fat loss friendly meal ideas, if you haven't already, Go ahead and take advantage of the free download I put together that is 100 fat loss meal ideas because I used to Google meal ideas and recipes all the time and I would spend all of this time and energy only to feel like they were too expensive or they required too many obscure ingredients or it wasn't something I would like or it was going to take up too much time. So I have curated fantastic fat loss friendly meal ideas and recipes. You can get it by texting fat loss, one word, fat loss, F-A-T-L-O-S-S, to the number 33444. So just text the word fat loss to 33444. Or if you're on your computer, um, you can go to primalpotential.com slash 100, 100. Again, totally free. Nothing, nothing you need to give me in exchange for it other than your email address so that I can deliver it to you. Um, but that's just sort of saving you some time and giving you ideas because obviously it's harder when you don't know what to eat or you can't come up with the ideas. So let's start at the very beginning and assume nothing, right? You are at the beginning of your journey. You're nervous. You probably don't have a lot of confidence in your ability to reach your goals, if any. And you probably approach every commitment you make with some serious doubt because you've broken promises to yourself like, you know, a million times. And I am right there with you. I have been there. It's okay. I want you to understand that I get it. I'm here for you. I'm here with you. And I am going to help you do this. It does not have to be hard or scary. We don't have to get rid of anything that you are not ready to get rid of. All right, we don't. This is not an all or nothing game. The first thing I want to address is fear. And you might be thinking, that's not nutrition, that's mindset. But the reality is many people never change their eating habits because of fear. Because fear takes keeps many people from taking action. And obviously I want to talk to you about action steps, but the reality is if you are caught up in your head with too much fear or doubt to take action, then the action steps I share don't matter. I got an email the other day from one of the new members of my spring fat loss fast track group, and I wish that I could sit down and have a cup of coffee and chat with her, but that'll have to wait until we kick off next week. But this is what she said. She said, it just came to me. What am I going to do? Who am I going to be when I don't use food to numb my feelings anymore? That's what scares me to death. And I hope to be able to figure that out in the 90-day fat loss fast track, but that's what scares me to death. How am I going to behave? Who am I going to be? What am I going to do when I don't use food to numb my feelings anymore? I said to her, I want to challenge what you wrote because I do not think it's helpful. First of all, worrying about or feeling scared to death about something that hasn't happened just isn't a good use of your energy. 
All that you can do is in this moment right here, right now. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. You might actually find that it's totally freeing to not use food to numb yourself. It might be amazing. Most of the stress we feel is stress we manufacture, stress we create. Maybe it'll suck. Who knows? The point is, you aren't there yet, so don't let it rob you of this moment right here. Don't let it stop you from taking action because it's not real. It hasn't happened, and it might not ever happen. Worry that paralyzes you is a case of too much future and not enough present. You're placing your mind and your attention way out in front, and you're paralyzing yourself with something that may or may not happen. Plus, here's something that no matter where you are in your journey, I need you to hear because this can be a game changer for you. This perspective that I just shared in this email is incredibly narrow, incredibly narrow. Now, before I show you exactly what I mean, let me give you an example. Let's say you get a new job offer. And your response to the job offer is, like, maybe you come home and you tell your spouse, I mean, I got this new offer, but what scares me to death is that it's going to be so overwhelming and stressful that I won't be able to handle it. Okay, well, if that's where you place your focus, then you are vastly limiting yourself. Yet that's how many, that's how so many people think about everything from improving their health and changing their behavior for fat loss. That is one perspective of many, and it's probably not even the true perspective. It's just your dominant perspective based on something that may or may not be real. So going back to this email, the fear communicated in this email is What am I going to do? How am I going to behave? What scares me to death is what happens when I don't use food to numb my emotions. That is one perspective of many. We need to practice, all of us, myself included, and trust me, I work on this every day. We need to practice being objective, seeing things as they are, not seeing things as how we fear they might be. We need to remove the lens of fear that we look at the world through, because seeing things through this lens of fear will hold you back. So the outcome she is talking about is not using food to numb her emotions. So put more simply, the outcome that she is kind of conjecturing about is that she has stopped emotionally eating. So let's just practice being objective. And let's list all of the possible outcomes once she has stopped emotional eating. She could lose a lot of weight. The weight loss and overcoming emotional eating could create a ton of happiness and confidence that overrides whatever negative emotions she's been experiencing. Or those emotions that she was numbing, maybe she starts paying attention to them because she's not numbing them and she resolves the issues that were triggering those emotions to begin with. She could get healthier. She could feel like it was the very best thing in the world. Or it could scare her so much that she quits and returns back to where she is now, right, with what she's comfortable with, right? There are tons of potential outcomes, most of which are positive. When we focus on the negative, 
we have to ask ourselves, why are we focusing on the negative? What does that do to advance your position? What does that do to propel you towards your goals? In most cases, it keeps you just paralyzed enough to hold you back from taking action, to hold you back from all of the wonderful things that are actually more likely to be the outcome of the change that you are considering. There are two primary problems with the perspective that we're talking about with this example of this email. And I only know this from limiting my own progress in similar ways for most of my life. So I only know this from my experience. I only know this from working with so many people who do this exact thing. It's so common. And that's why I wanted to start today's episode with this very specifically. This fear What am I going to do when I no longer numb these emotions with food? It has nothing to do with what she could do today to build confidence and make progress towards her goal. It is a distraction and it is not a helpful distraction. The second primary problem is that it completely ignores all of the other options on the table. It laser focuses on one, one that is both subjective and negative. Being subjective, right, basing decisions on emotion instead of fact, on what we maybe fear instead of what we know to be certain, is rarely a good thing. And the combination of negative and subjective is particularly destructive, right? We limit our present power when we give our energy and attention to things that haven't happened yet. It's like the brand new business owner who's freaking out about where am I going to find an affordable warehouse space? How am I ever going to afford it? There's just no way. Everything's too expensive before they ever have a product to sell, before they've ever sold their first unit. If you keep focusing on problems you've imagined, you're never going to need to solve it because you're never going to get there. Or the person when thinking about weight loss says, what am I going to do with all the loose skin before they've ever lost a pound? Guys, hear me. Hear me now. You are clipping your wings. You're clipping your wings. You're clipping your wings with a fatal blow from your imagination. You're imprisoning yourself in your own mind. You're manufacturing problems that don't exist. I've referred to this in the past as creating a problem for every solution. And that is issue number one. So if you are struggling with fear, with worry, with things that haven't happened and might not ever happen, I want you to ask yourself a few questions of your fears. Does this fear have anything to do with what I am able to do right now in this moment? Does this fear have anything to do with what I am able to do right now in this moment? Is this fear distracting me from what I am able to do right now in this moment? What am I choosing not to acknowledge or recognize when I focus on this thing? What are all of the potential scenarios? Write them out objectively. Then come back to what matters most. What does this have to do with what I can do right now in this moment to move towards what I want? I really think that addressing the fear part is so important. And now we can talk about food. 
Now, as I've said a hundred times before, I want you to keep a food journal for a minimum of 14 days. If you're just starting this, don't change anything about what you're eating. I just want a really basic food journal without calories or anything fancy, fancy, what you eat and how it makes you feel. How hungry are you when you eat? What are you having cravings for and when? I just want you to start paying attention. That's all. That's all. You can do that. You can do that. And you will do that. After 14 days, I want you to review your journal and ask yourself, what is the one thing that I could improve here, that I'm willing to improve here? Just one. I'll give you an example, and I've shared this with you guys before. When I was at my heaviest, on my way to work in the morning, I would go to Chick-fil-A. And I would get a four count of chicken minis and a chicken biscuit and an order of hash browns and a large Diet Coke. No ice. Never any ice. If I was keeping my food journal, even though the rest of the day would be littered with all sorts of crap, chocolate cookies, maybe pizza, Mexican food, late night popcorn while watching TV, I could easily look at that 14-day journal and be like, what a train wreck. But that wouldn't help me. I could look at, you know what, the one improvement I'm going to make is that I'm going to skip the chicken biscuit. I'm just going to go with the chicken minis and the hash browns and the Diet Coke. No ice. Never any ice. Is it perfect? Is that a perfect change? No. Does it matter? No. It is an improvement for me, for my body. And for the first week or so, it would probably suck, right? I would feel like I was missing out on the biscuit. I would want it. But over time, it would get easier and easier and easier. And then I would look for one more improvement. Guys, when we overcommit ourselves to change, we reduce the likelihood that we will execute or we'll execute three days out of seven, but then it's not a habit. It never gets deeply rooted in our patterns, in our behavior, in our choices. When we overcommit ourselves, we get frustrated. We make progress more slowly. And I use this example all the time because it's a true one. Let's say you wanna learn another language. Cool goal. Awesome. Do it, right? You're super motivated. You're excited. You're pepping yourself up. And then you're thinking, I'm going to work so hard. No excuses. By January 1st, I'll have learned Spanish and French and Italian. Well, okay. You have a finite amount of energy and time and attention. So of that time that you have, of that energy and attention that you have, how much gets devoted to each language? And I hope you're drawing the parallel here between the seven different changes you're trying to make to your diet at once. How much time and attention and energy gets devoted to making each change? Very little. So how quickly do you make progress? Not very. How quickly do you feel frustrated and feel like you just can't do it? Your chances of quitting are high because your consistency and your rate of progress are low. We want consistency and rate of progress to be high so that motivation to continue is high, right? But if you said to yourself, you know what? This week, I'm gonna learn how to greet people in Spanish and I'm gonna practice it five times a day, just greeting people in Spanish and I'm gonna get really comfortable with that before I move on to the next common phrase, maybe introducing myself, right? You'll build confidence really quickly because you'll make progress really quickly. And because you feel more confident and because you can easily see your progress, you will stick with it. That is the approach I want you taking towards nutrition for fat loss. 
Now, some of you, as I said earlier, might feel like I don't know where to start. Maybe you're looking at your food journal and you genuinely don't know what you should change. Let's talk about that. And you guys can tell I'm sort of losing my voice. So thank you for being understanding of how much I talk and that my voice can only go so far. <laughs> Tea is on the radar for today. As far as where to start, we first need to understand the relationship between a few things like food and calories and hormones. We need to understand fundamentally how they relate to fat loss. And it does not need to be complicated. Guys, be really wary of anybody who's trying to complicate with fancy expensive shakes or pills or complicated strategies. We can keep it simple. Here's the deal. Food provides fuel for your body and it gives information to your body. The type and the amount of fuel you consume determines what happens to it. Is it stored? Is it burned? Does your body ever have the need to tap into your stored body fat for energy or not? Fat burning is allowed under two conditions and they both have to be present, right? This is not or, this is and. Your body needs energy and you aren't consuming enough of it. And you have the hormonal signals firing that allow for or instruct fat loss. There's two different states in your body and you're always in one of them and you're never in both of them at the same time. Understanding this is the key to understanding the relationship between food and fat loss. It is not as simple as calories in, calories out. That represents a flawed understanding or an incomplete understanding of your body. So these two different states, and you're, you're in one or the other and not both, the two different states are anabolic and catabolic, or in layman's terms, fuel storage versus fuel breakdown. Think about it this way. Imagine your body is a storage unit. Your body is either adding storage or taking stuff out of storage. When we eat, the body responds with, oh, great fuel. And just like a truckload of stuff getting delivered to a storage unit, you have to unpack the truck, right? Unpacking the truck is digestion, digestion. Your body is first going to take what it needs to breathe, to move, to keep your heart beating. All of that requires energy, healing, repair, recovery. Every single cellular function requires energy. But once your body has taken all that it needs and there's still stuff left over, it gets stored. Fat burning happens when your body needs energy and there isn't any coming in, right? It unpacks your fat stores when the hormonal signals are present that it can unpack the fat stores and it should. When your body isn't in the process of unpacking and unloading. The hormone insulin is key here and that's why so many people struggle to lose weight because they don't understand how to manage their body's insulin response or improve their body's insulin response. Insulin is the messenger that tells the body a truck just arrived to unload. Insulin lets the body know that it's unload the truck time. The presence of elevated insulin inhibits fat loss because this is the anabolic mode, okay? 
Insulin is the usher that takes the nutrients in your blood and delivers them throughout the body to provide fuel. Insulin is the guy unpacking the truck. Here's what we need to remember. Carbohydrates drive a more significant insulin response than fat or protein, which means carbohydrates create the response of, nope, no fat burning right now, more than protein or fat create that response. And many people struggle to burn fat because they keep driving an insulin response all day, every day, right? They keep sending trucks to the storage facility, either by, there are a few ways to do this, constantly eating, right? You know those people, constantly eating, especially constantly eating carbs, right? Juice in the morning and cereal or a bagel, then sugar in your coffee a few hours later with a granola bar or a piece of fruit, rice with your lunch, some candy, pasta at dinner, and then some ice cream. Just as insulin finishes its job, you're there being like, but wait, there's more, right? Or Maybe you drive this insulin response with the quantity of carbs you are eating. Maybe you aren't eating every couple of hours going, but wait, there's more, but you're slamming your body with such a big load multiple times throughout the day, right? Or maybe you're doing both of these things. So when it comes to food for fat loss, we want to focus on managing or minimizing the insulin response. We can do that in a couple of ways, and I want you to pick the one, one, uno, just one, that seems the most reasonable and achievable and sustainable for you. First, you can dial back the quantity you are eating of things that drive an insulin response. Now, we can't just eat less forever and expect to continue progress. This can be a good starting strategy, right? Like the example of eliminating the chicken biscuit, but still having the hash browns and the chicken minis and the Diet Coke, right? Because that would create a smaller insulin deployment than the baseline meal. So starting out, that can be a good strategy. But it's not going to work forever to just eat less, right? Like that does not work forever because fat loss is about the hormonal signaling. So over time, we have to work on healing our insulin response. And maybe that's where you're at. Maybe that's where you want to start. And one of the things I recommend there is practicing the first of the four rules of carbs and fat loss right, which is all about carb timing. And the easy way to implement this is to cut the carbs at your first meal of the day. Don't worry about lunch. Don't worry about dinner. Just focus on that first meal of the day, building it around fat and protein. Q&A 6 of the podcast gives an excellent overview of how to do this, right? You will have less of an insulin response to start your day keeping your body in more of a fat burning state. The other thing you can do is eat less frequently. If you're currently having three little snacks, grabbing a handful here and there and wherever, bringing a bunch of snacks to work, cut out one of them. Pick one of these strategies and practice it, right? For those of you that are in the place of I'm doing everything right and I'm not seeing the results that I want, let's look at how often and how significantly you are driving insulin. What can we do to moderate your insulin response just a little bit more than what you're doing right now? 
And let me first make the point again about the way that macronutrients drive insulin. Carbohydrates drive insulin the most, and then protein, because excess protein can be used to make glucose or sugar, which drives insulin, and fat drives insulin the least. So the common traps that people fall into when they feel like they're doing everything right, and I've talked about these ad nauseum, but hey, repetition is the mother of skill. Eating too much protein. If you're eating too much, it is likely driving an insulin response. So pick one meal of your day and cut your protein by, say, 25% at that one meal. One meal. Another common trap that people fall into is eating when they aren't hungry, right? And if you're keeping this 14-day food journal, pay attention to your hunger so you can see how frequently you're grabbing a snack because you're bored or you're procrastinating. I tell my clients all the time, it's great that you're making a healthy choice, but the reality is giving your body fuel, no matter what that fuel is, when your body doesn't need fuel, your body has to store it. If it doesn't need it, it stores it, right? You've temporarily removed your fat burning potential. So if there is one particular time of the day when you're doing this, maybe you routinely have that boredom snack mid-afternoon or after dinner, make one degree of improvement there. If you find yourself always having this post-dinner snack, then for the next seven to 14 days, Focus on having just half of what you normally have or having that post-dinner snack be from one of the macronutrients that drives uh, insulin less than whatever you're having right now. You do not have to go cold turkey here. It's all about a spectrum. Food is a spectrum. Fat loss is a spectrum. So look at where you fall on these spectrums. How often are you eating? How much are you eating? Are there improvements that you can make? And then look at the choices you are making. How much are your choices driving insulin? Understanding that carbs drive insulin the most, then protein, then fat. What improvements can you make to the extent that you are driving an insulin response? So in the next part of this series, we're going to talk about the mindset aspects of transitioning from fat to fit. And be sure to let me know if you have questions. And again, if you want those 100 meal ideas and recipes, if you haven't gotten them yet, you can text fat loss, no space, fat loss to the number 33444 or just go to primalpotential.com slash 100. What I ate yesterday, pretty low key day. I had eaten late the night before. I wasn't that hungry, stuck to coffee in the morning, um, ended up just getting some chicken salad on the run as I was doing some different things and running errands and then randomly ate a half of an avocado and some walnuts. Um, dinner was a burger without the bun and a really big salad alongside it. And then later in the evening, because I was up late again, I had about a tablespoon of coconut butter because I was hungry and didn't want to go to sleep feeling hungry. So anyway, that is what I ate yesterday. I hope you really love this Fat to Fit series, and we will be back in a couple of days with the next episode. Have a good one. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, 
Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.